Welcome to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez. A trip of music discovery. Jamie is picking people he thinks you'll really like. Musicians, artists, producers, and everyone involved in the world of music. Here's your host, Jamie Rodriguez. Music royalty in the house today on the J-Rod Concerts podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the month of September and welcome to the newest episode of J-Rod Concerts, the podcast. This is your host, Jamie Rodriguez, and welcome to the new listeners that have been uh, following us recently. We enjoy your presence and we hope you enjoy our content. If you guys want to check out more about me, check out our website, jrodconcertspodcast.com. On Instagram, we're at jrodconcertspodcast. And uh, anywho, guys, we have our third Rock and Roll Hall of Fame member today. We have Jim McCarty, guys. He is the drummer, the original drummer for one of the most important bands of all time, the Yardbirds. The Yardbirds are an English rock band. They were formed in the 60s, and they were one of the most instrumental bands in rock and roll history. They, um, the band started the careers of Eric Clapton, Jimmy Page, and Jeff Beck. Um, they had a bunch of really big hits throughout the mid-1960s, including For Your Love, Heart Full of Soul, Shapes of Things, and Over, Under, Sideways Down. And look, guys, the band is historic. It was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1992, by none other than U2's The Edge. They were included at number 89 in Rolling Stone's list of the 100 greatest artists of all time, and they ranked number 37 on BH1's 100 Artists of Hard Rock. So, a pleasure, an absolute pleasure to have Jim McCarty today, the drummer. He joins us from his house in the south of France, and we go through a trip of rock and roll history, guys. You are in for a treat. So without further ado, this is Jim McCarty of the Yardbirds on the J-Rock Concerts Podcast. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, happy Friday to you. <laughs> Thank you. Jim, so before we get started, I have to... Thank you, because, uh, and I have to tell you how humbled we are to have you on the show, uh, Jim. Thank you. You, you, nice. you are, you're part of Music Royalty, not only with the Yardbirds <laughs> and, and all the bands you've been, you know, one of the greatest rock, rock and roll bands of all time, according to Rolling Stone and BH1 and everybody. So, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Famers. So, it's an honor to have you, Jeff. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. So, Jim, we have a lot of ground to cover. So, so let's get to it. Uh, thank you for your time. First of all, Jim, uh, sorry about the passing of your wife, Jim. Oh, right. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. It's been, it's been a couple of months now. So, yeah. Yeah. It's been a bit, bit hard. Yeah. Sure. 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 I imagine, uh, I imagine the year of Corona, you put that element in there and uh, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Very difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, you know, I think we all, we're all grieving with you, Jim. And uh, are you in the South of France right now? Yes. Yes. Nice. Nice. I'm about an hour or so northwest of Nice. Gotcha, gotcha. Up in the up in the hills, they're quite nice. Very nice, very nice, Jim. And uh, yeah, you obviously this year with the Yardbirds, you guys had a had a few tour dates. You had a big festival in like the yeah. Boston area yeah, that I had know. to be rescheduled. Jim, what's 
when is the last time you went this long without praying a proper show? Last time uh, went a whole, <laughs> I don't, a whole year. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. It must be years ago. Like yeah. since probably, probably before the 60s. Crazy, Jesus. isn't it? Wow. Unbelievable. What do you miss the most about performing live, Jim? Do you, do you just uh, miss the drums? What do you miss? Well, I miss the inter-reaction inter with the guys, you know, with the rest of the players. And they're, they're a great band. And I miss the, the, the crowd, you know, the crowds are all so kind and uh, they're so loyal. They, all, they always come, feel, turn up to see us and we always have a great night together. Absolutely, Jim. Absolutely. So if you don't mind, let me ask you a little bit about the beginning and then kind of work our way forward. Sure. Yeah. Like, uh, Jim, your, your early life, right? You were born in Walton, in Liverpool. Um, tell us about your upbringing, Jim, a little bit. Were you... Uh, were your parents into music? Were they artists? How did uh, music come into your life? Uh, well, I would, funny enough, when I was a uh, sort of teenager, I, I joined something called the Boys Brigade, which was like a military thing uh, where you sort of marched and things. And I, I, I was part of a sort of bugle and drum band and I played the, the snare drum as a marching thing. And I always, you know, from there, I really enjoyed the drums. And, uh, and then I, I heard early, you know, American rock and roll, like Buddy Holly and the Emily Brothers and all those people, Gene Vincent. And then we had a little band at school. We played all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, and that was fun. And that, that would have, I probably would have been about 17 then. Wow. And then it wasn't until after I left school that, I met up with Paul Samuel Smith again, who was also at my school, and we, uh, you know, we we worked together, and eventually we we formed the Yardbirds. That's great. That's great, Jim. And uh, when you were playing in those early days, uh, you also worked as a stockbroker in the London Stock Exchange. Tell us a little bit about that juxtaposition, right? Because on one end, you know, you had like the stocks and financial, and on the other one, you have this artistic hunger. How was that? How was that contradiction? <laughs> well, it was a bit crazy. I suppose when I left school, you know, uh, I wanted a job, and that was the that was the thing you did, you know. And I was just uh, living at. It was just me and my mum, you know, my, my, my dad uh, died when I was about 17 or so. So just me and my mum, and my mum was very keen on me getting a proper secure job at the time. And um, so I, I was always quite good at maths. So I applied to a stockbroker's and got the job. So I used to uh, commute, you know, but I, I lived in uh, a place called Molesey, which was about you know, about an hour out of London. So I commuted on the train. Yeah. And I had to do that for a while. And then when we got the band together, it, was, it became very difficult because I was commuting every day and then I'd be playing in the evening. So Right, was, I can imagine. You'd have the suit and tie in one hand and you'd have the yes. punk rock and the earring and all the other hand. <laughs> Which one do you wear, right? Well, yeah, sometimes I would have to get the train directly from from London, you know, where I worked, out to the gig. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, I'd have to change, you know, into oh. the old gear. So that was funny. But it was, uh, it, that was quite, you know, quite tiring. So eventually I had to convince my mum that um, I was doing the right thing by carrying on with the band. Because I, I said, well, the, the band's good fun and I'm sure we're going to go somewhere. You know, we've got to, 
we got a good following and it, it, it look, all looks very exciting. That's great, Jim. That's great. Now, the original Yardbirds, the songwriting process, you've talked about the great chemistry that you guys had. Um, if you don't mind, and you said that everything came really easily to you guys, uh, the songs. Do you mind sharing with us kind of like a peek inside um, a writing session, Jim, for the Yardbirds? How was the process like for, like a, for the writing session? I think, I think we all came together. It was particularly evident in um, songs like Shapes of Things. And then when we did the album uh, over under Sideways Down, you know, we all, we all came together with our different ideas and somehow they, they all went together. You know, I don't know. There was no, uh, there was no aggro or anything. Everyone was willing to chip in with ideas. Beautiful. And, um, well, particularly Paul and I had a great relationship coming from school, so you know we we might come up with a with a sequence, uh, a chord sequence or a, a guitar riff or something, and then someone else would come up with an idea for for the lyrics, and then we carry on, and then of course Jeff would put his great guitar yeah. bit on. <laughs> He, he would in, inevitably make the song happen, you know, with it, with his great guitar leg. Something like over on the sideways down, it just became, uh, you know, something different as soon as he put that intro on. You the know, magic it, sauce, of course. Yeah, it became a, a great, exciting song. Yeah, that's great, Jim. And speaking of exciting song, you know, you talked about Jeff, you know, Eric Clapton as well, Ginny Page, you've played with all of them. So you know this. Is there... What's the feeling like when, when, there's like a, when there's magic in the room? To take us normal folks, what is the feeling like when, when, it, when everything just clicks on another level? Well, that, yeah, that's great. And it has happened a few times. Uh, uh, you know, something like For Your Love, you know, we, we went about it a certain way. And we did the, the backing track, first of all, with the harpsichord and the bongos and the drums and uh, and immediately it was t immediately started to take shape, and that was really exciting. Oh wow, this sounds great! You know, this backing track with the bongos and the drums going on, and it was like racing away. You know, in this uh, uh, great sequence, and then we put the vocals on, and it and it really did happen. Um, and there was, there was a few, you know, there was a few songs like that. Shapes of Things was another yeah. one. Which really happened because we recorded that in the uh, in the US in Chess Chess Studio, mm -hmm. Chicago. Yeah, and uh, you know that was magic too because for us as English guys working in a studio like Chess, you know, it was like this is great. You know, all our idols had recorded in there. Right. Uh, the same with with some, you know. Some studios, all the great rock and roll people have played in there as well. You know. Wow, Jerry Lee Lewis and Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that must be great. That's... Amazing. Jim and... and there were, there were, there were lots of magic moments, I must say. And uh, it was, you know, I was very fortunate to have those. That's great, Jim. And, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the US and coming to record here because I don't know if you know, but almost to this day, August 28th, is the 45th year anniversary of the Yardbirds' first touring in the U.S. in August oh, of 1965. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. So, uh, you know, you, you mentioned you mentioned Chicago, but during this trip, you went to Memphis. You recorded stuff like "You're a Better Man Than I" or "Train Kept a Rolling." Um, what are your memories of, of this of this first time touring the U.S., Jim? Well, 
Well, it was it was a mixture of a sort of excitement because Giorgio Gamelski was a was was a good manager. He had lots of ideas, but at the same time, he didn't quite, you know, he didn't quite dot the i's and cross the t's. You know, so yeah. he, he never quite knew what was going to happen. So uh, it, it it was all a bit of a a bit up in the air and you wondered what well, you know where, where are we going to fall <laughs> where are we going to come down but uh uh he had great ideas you know going to going to sam phillips and getting sam phillips to record us and uh going into chess and um all, all, all those ideas were great and we, of course recording in the us was was uh something that was great for us because also we got a much better sound you know the the engineers were much more much more uh acclimatized to getting a great rock sound and we never got that sound in it in england really yeah yeah that's amazing jim what what, what a great what a great time in history wow and what a great story thanks for sharing i want to ask you a little bit about the transition from the yarbert to the renaissance if that's all right with you um yeah. it, was a, it was a big stylistic change for you uh jim you know, it's like a classic prog rock world kind of thing. Um, you know, the band, of course, included Chris Ralph, John Hawken, Louis Amo, and Jane Ralph. Tell us what you remember from these early days of the Renaissance, Jim. Uh, well, we put an awful lot of work into it, but it was the same sort of thing. Um, it, it was slightly experimental because we, we, we had all the lineup of the band. Uh, we set up the equipment in my house where I used to live. Uh, and we played like every day of the week, you know, playing something or other. Yeah. Um, didn't really know. We had a few ideas, but we didn't know how it was going to happen. Uh, and then one day, John Hawken, the keyboard player, started to play uh, classical mm -hmm. uh, yeah. piano. He started to play Beethoven. Mm -hmm. and we said, Great, you know, let, let's leave this in. This is, this is fun. Uh, and so that happened in a few other songs, and uh, the sound sort of came about by accident, you know, uh, from, from just jamming, jamming around the song. So it was, it, it was a really special time. That's amazing, Jim. It, it, it's like you have a special orb around you, you know, that you just, all this magic happens around you. Like, we got <laughs> to move to Nice, all of us, you know, that's great. <laughs> Well, it, well I, I, yeah, but I, I have to say it's always in a team, you know, it has to be, and I would say any musician starting on his own really needs other people to play off and uh, to work as a team to, to get something going together, because that's, that's the answer, and, and say four or five people in a band, you know, that they really make, make it so much bigger than, than just yeah. one person. Jim, and speaking of starting a band today, what, what do you think, what's your take on like the way people are consuming music nowadays? You know, you have every song in the world in your pocket. You can play any Yardbirds album. You can play Beethoven. What's your, it's, it's crazy, right? What's your take on this new world? I don't know. It's incredible, isn't it? I, I, I guess, uh, you know, it must be very difficult for a new band to think of something unusual and individual but I guess, I guess there are some some bands that do their own thing and, uh, and of course the important thing is having that uh, feeling within the band that they can all they can all work and they have that chemistry like like we used to yeah um, but uh, of course they could where do you start you know so, there's so many so many much music going on uh, 
you know, all around the world. It's so difficult, isn't it? It is. It is. But I think the Yardbirds, actually, now that I think about it, would have succeeded in today's environment because today is a lot of like single driven and the Yardbirds had great albums, but also great singles. So you guys could have released a single every four or six months, no problem, and be relevant like today. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But that was always the problem. You had to come up with another single all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so in the end, we, we ran out of ideas. That, that's in a way why we split up because uh, we, in the end, we couldn't, we couldn't keep it up. You know, that couldn't keep up that great single uh, reputation. Oh, Jim, that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, let me ask you a little bit about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction in 1992. Um, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame was pretty new back then. It's grown in, in, in a lot of stature since, but you guys were like one of the original like kind of classes. The Edge of U2 introduced you guys. Um, yes. It's a very, very nice speech, right? He, um, he basically said that... Uh, he basically said that you guys invented, if it wasn't for you guys, he wouldn't be playing and many times, and I agree, um, that you sounded different, unique, different textures. What are your memories of this Hall of Fame induction in Cleveland, Jim? Well, it was so exciting suddenly to get honored in that way. And um, it was very exciting to be uh, there alongside, you know, Johnny Cash, for instance. Yeah. Because I, you know, we used to play Johnny Cash songs in the school band I was talking about when I was about 16. Amazing. And standing up there with Johnny Cash playing a song, you know, it was, it was amazing. And also, you know, there was Keith Richard, Little Richard, B.B. King, you know, there were so many, so many well-known people there. Uh, it was such a great night. And very exciting for us suddenly to be... Uh, Looked at, looked at in that same light, you know, suddenly to be uh, honoured in that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to tell my audience, if you're ever in Cleveland to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Yardbirds are everywhere in that exhibit. So, so, so you'll definitely appreciate Jim's work and everything in there. Um, and the edge in the speech, uh, Jim, he mentions that Jimmy Page played bass for a while with the Yardbirds. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about this. So that's crazy. I didn't know that. Well, he was originally asked to join when Clapton left um, as lead guitarist. And at that time, he was playing on a lot, a lot of sessions in, in uh, London. So he was playing on other people's records and he was doing very well. And he didn't want to join a band. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, a, a year or so later, when Paul Stanwell Smith, the bass player, left, um, uh, Jeff and I said, you know, perhaps back Jimmy would like to join now. And Jimmy was so keen, all of a sudden he changed his mind. Oh, yeah, I, I'll come and play bass. You know, if I'm in the band, that's fine. Um, you know, I'm pretty desperate to be in a band now after all that session stuff. So, he, he, he was very, very enthusiastic. That's but amazing. It became, bit, it became a bit silly in the end. So he swapped with uh, Chris Dreyer. And uh, Chris Dreyer played the bass. And um, that, 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 they did pretty well to swap over like that. Ah, that's a great story, Jim. Thank you. I don't think people have talked about that enough. Um, so the, the newest Yardbirds, of course, you know, you, you are working with Godfrey Townsend, you're working with John Aiden, Kenny Harrison, Mike Scavone, Jim, you know, every, like this whole gang. When, when you, Jim, I mean, you've worked with so many, with, with so many people, what is, besides technical abilities, how do you capture, like in an audition or when you're meeting people, what, like, how, what's your test that people have to know the spirit of the Yardbirds? 
Uh, well, I think they know. <laughs> I think it's obvious in the end. Uh, somebody like Kenny Aronson, I, I, I saw a picture the other day of him when he was about 16 and he was looking at a picture of the Yardbirds, you know, like in awe, you know. That helps, uh, yeah. <laughs> you think, <laughs> and you think, oh my God, he, did, he didn't know that he was going to be playing playing bass with them, uh, you know, 50 years later or whatever. Um, and they're, they're very dedicated and they're very honourable to the songs and uh, they, they've got an attitude about it, the way they... Uh, the way they do the songs and uh, they obviously love the, love the, the repertoire yeah and they, they know everything about it and they're so they've got, they've, they've got it in their blood you know they've got that they've got that music in their blood that's so great it's, uh, it's incredible and you guys sound great actually like you guys really do a very un you, you guys sound amazing um so jim you've been thank so generous you've been so generous with your time jim thank you but i want to i want to ask you one more question um, you've been, you've seen a lot of social change in the world, obviously 1968 and in America, Martin Luther King and so on and so forth. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just curious if you followed at all, like kind of like the movements happening in America with the right now with the police brutality and all that. And, and what's your take on this? Do you think it's just an election year thing? Do you, do you think it's different? What's your take, if any? I, I, I think it, I think it's probably going to get worse a bit. But I, I'm I'm always a very positive person. I think it I think it will get better. Yeah. But I maybe had to it maybe it looks like it's get getting worse now, but it's going to get worse for a bit, but not not long I don't think, and then it's going to get better I think. Sure. I think the whole scene is going to improve in the in the next five years I would say. Absolutely, absolutely, Jim. I mean. You've been so generous with your time, Jim. All I can say is, you know, I just want to really thank you for your time. We, we can't wait to see you back on the road, you know. Okay. I'm, I'm sure you miss it. I'm sure you miss just banging those drums. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. I'd love to be coming, uh, you know, next month as we were going to. But uh, that's, the way, that's the way it is. But That's the way it is. But, you know, like you said, you're... you're, you're <laughs> but you're very informed. It was a, very, it was a nice interview. No, Jim, of course. Absolutely. We loved, loved talking to you, loved having you. You're a legend. So thank you so much, Jim. Have a great okay. rest of your day. Okay. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> Bye-bye. You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.